The, the problem you start seeing often is that very many times uh, a company that did really well in, in America or in Europe might not be as applicable to quote-unquote African, market, African yeah. context. And so I think the most important thing is really start from something that you know locally and then a, and a problem you, you, you've seen locally. Um, because in turn, it also means that chances are that it's a problem that's relevant across the continent. Hello and welcome to another episode of the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa. I'm your host, Savannah Olo. This is our new special season, season 3.0, where we explore and gain insights from mission-led leaders across the African continent and the globe. Do you have a dream you're working towards? Or maybe you're looking for the courage to finally chase it. Well, we'll give you all the insight and inspiration you need to go ahead and pursue your mission in life. On this episode, we have our guest, Marcello Sherma, who is head of international expansion at Yoko. He believes that the landscape of job creation in African spaces has absolutely evolved over the years, but there's always room for improvement. In this episode, we explore what it's like to build Africa's startup ecosystem, and I suggest you buckle up and prepare your mind for all the gems of knowledge we're about to drop. Ladies and gents, Marcello Sherma. So, Machado, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today and taking time out of your very busy schedule. <laughs> if the listeners knew how hard you are to track down, I think that, that they'd really appreciate the gems of knowledge you're about to drop today. <laughs> you're making me feel bad now. Thank you. But it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Great. So to kick off this episode, um, I usually start with a small icebreaker just to get you know, you comfortable, feel at home, uh, because a podcast is a conversation. So with your previous work at Seed Stars Africa, you've been you have you have been to over twenty African countries. What is your most memorable moment? <laughs> that's a that's a that's a very interesting question. I think my my most memorable moment or my most memorable moments and what I've always mm-hmm. enjoyed the most has actually been um eating street food in the countries I go to and, okay. and, and, and just, you know, kind of getting, getting, getting my hands into whatever, whatever food, um, uh, people, 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 people have on the ground. And, and it's always been one of my f- favorite things because I think, you know, f- food is something that brings people together everywhere. Um, but food is also such a beautiful cultural experience and, and, and sharing that yeah. with, with people of a, of a place you're coming to for the first time or you're new to, um, has just always been something that, that, that's super, super beautiful. So I'd say, I'd say any, any local food experience, um, would probably fit into the favorite experience of, of, of my journey so far. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because my mom always says that, there's no way you can eat something you enjoy and be un- angry while eating it. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. That is very true. Food, food is just such a beautiful thing that that warms that warms you up and brings people together. Um, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a beautiful thing to share with 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 people everywhere I go. All right, great. Thank you for sharing that. So getting into the episode itself, in 2016, you presented a TED Talk in Vienna titled, I Got to Witness the African Startup Revolution. Please explain what you meant by that. Yeah, it'd be a pleasure. So I I, I started with Seed Stars in 2015. Um, okay. And, you know, the, the, 
the objective at, at the time was really to um, grow our, our footprint into more countries on the continent, um, help find more entrepreneurs in more countries on the continent, um, and then and then support them to 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 grow and scale. And when I started, we were active in about three or four countries on 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 the continent. And by the time I left, two and a half years later, we had grown to almost twenty countries um, on the continent. And what I found so interesting. Um, and what really blew me away as we were building this network, as we were going into more and more countries, working with more and more entrepreneurs, I just saw what an incredible wave of, of companies was coming out of, you know, it, literally any country um, on the continent. We, we, we often speak about the big ones, the Nigerias, the South Africa's, the Kenyas. But, you right. know, it, it really doesn't matter where you go. You can go to Angola, you can go to Ethiopia, you can go to Senegal, to Rwanda. Um, and, and you'll find people building super, super interesting companies. And, and, and why I found that so interesting is, is and, and, and why I think it's, you know, a, a revolution of, of some sorts is because on, on one hand, it's really, really young people, um, generally that are, that are starting, starting these companies. Um, and on, yeah. and on the other hand, um, they're enabled to do so because, you know, knowledge is available, uh, anywhere, um, at any time now and so you you're starting to have people who uh you know literally in the early early 20s um or even earlier are starting companies are, are building businesses and are, and are growing them and that's just been something that 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 is so interesting and why i think that's so important is because you know in a lot of in a lot of those countries um job opportunities aren't aren't as easily to 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 come by as they might be in other parts of the world um, and so, you know, you, 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 you see youth unemployment be very high in a lot of, in a lot of markets on, on, on the continent. Yeah. In South Africa, where I'm based now, it's, you know, over 50% of, of youth that's unemployed. Um, and so starting to see people who are building their own companies and essentially creating not just their own employment, but then companies that are um, employing more people and, and giving them a chance to um, put food on the table, start their careers and, and grow from there. I think it's just such a beautiful thing to see, and 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 you can really see how it's like an early, it's like an early movement to kickstart economies in in these markets, and it's just beautiful because it's driven by young people who are building out their ideas using using technology, and and it's just a really beautiful thing to see. Great, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so by 2017, you traveled to over 20 African countries with a mission of finding the best tech startups in emerging markets. What would you say are the four to five lessons or learning lessons from this experience about Africa's startup ecosystem? Mm, it's a very interesting question. So I, I think the, the most important lesson is uh, you know, kind of starting with a st starting with a problem that you see locally. Um, you know, often often people start companies by copying something that they've seen somewhere else, and and you yeah. know they say whatever we're bringing a scooter rental service to Kampala. Um, the the problem you start seeing often is that sometimes a, a or very many times uh, a company that did really well in, in America or in, in Europe might not be as applicable to, um, you know, a quote-unquote African, market, African yeah. context um, as, as diverse yeah. as it might be. And so I think the most important thing is really start from something that you know locally and then a, and a problem you've, you've, you've seen locally. 
um, because in turn, it also means that chances are that it's a problem that's relevant across the continent. Um, because as much as the markets are very different, um, there's also a lot of a lot of similarities. So, so first thing I think really start with a problem that that's local. Um, two, I would say start with a problem that you you feel you have something to contribute to in terms of experience or expertise. Um, so you know the, the, some of the most successful entrepreneurs entrepreneurs who may have worked in, in, an, in an industry before or had exposure to an industry, but then decided to start their own company and, 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 and change it up and, and, and do it different. Um, and then I think the, 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 the third one that's important is, and especially in the African context where you know, f- funding is, is, is hard to come by, is you, you don't have the luxury of delaying monetization so you kind of need to start thinking about how how is this going to make money quite early on in yeah. the in the in the process, um, and 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 so thinking about unit economics, thinking about business models, thinking about revenue models, um, is, is I think a really important thing to to start thinking about early on, um, because you know chances are you'll have to figure out how to fund yourself for a while before you can raise yeah. funding if 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 you even end up um, raising funding. And then maybe just as a sidebar, why I'm saying this is that, you know, I'm a, I'm a strong believer that not all companies need funding. Um, we, we, we often glorify fundraising as this, uh, as this ultimate success for, for a business. <laughs> um, but there's so many businesses that have become incredibly successful without raising money from venture capitalists, without, um, you know, getting multi-million dollar rounds. And so, so there's definitely a world in which you can build a really successful company that, um, yeah, doesn't doesn't raise funding. All right. So while money raised by startups, you know, speaking on the money topic, um, while money raised by startups is one of the p- parameters used to gauge um, an ecosystem's or startup success, Nigeria, Kenya, Southern Africa have shown to have to be some of the outliers in Africa. What have they done differently from the rest, and how can other countries do better to accelerate job creation? Yeah, so the, the, the three countries you mentioned have done have done really well on the fundraising and, and, and startup side. I would say right. I would say because of a, a mix of three things. So one is they're they're all relatively large markets in themselves. Uh, you know, definitely Nigeria, definitely South Africa. Um, Kenya to some extent uh, by itself, but even more so if you include, um, you know, kind of the all of all of East Africa, which is fairly easily accessible from from Kenya. Um, so you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're fairly big big markets on one side. Two, um, they're markets with really good um, access to talent. Um, so you know, you you see really skilled um, entrepreneurs um, either from there or moving there. Um, who is starting businesses, joining businesses, growing businesses, um, and 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 you have a, a a certain history of success that then attracts fundraising and attracts um, uh, capital, uh, and 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 those things together, I think, make for you know quite a conducive cocktail um, for for these markets that has really put them at the at the, at the forefront of the the, the startup ecosystem. Um, with that said, I think you're starting to see a lot of countries that are also growing quite dramatically when it comes to their 
activity in the startup space. Look at a place like Egypt, mm-hmm. look at a place like Ghana, look at a place like Tanzania, um, Senegal, Cote d'Ivoire. You're starting to see a lot of markets that are that are, are picking up in, in terms of startup activity. And I think what they what they did really well, um, especially on, on, on the smaller markets, is some of them have done really well at making it easy to um, start a company in, in, in those markets. Yeah. You know, places like Rwanda, um, have made yeah. it super easy to, to start a company. Um, other countries have made it really easy to uh, attract talent and, and, and bring talent in. Um, other countries like um, Mali, for example, have even passed the whole um, Startup Act. That, that That's a whole set of legislation to make startups um, easier in the country. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and so I think you're starting to see quite a strong... Um, very intentional movement to incentivize how company incentivize companies being started and, and grown in these markets, um, and 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 then you you have success stories in these markets that then tend to attract you know investors' attention, more talent, more founders, and and things like that. And so I think uh, what you see in these ecosystems is that success breeds success, and so one successful company would usually bring you know more companies in and more companies in and more companies in. And, and then that really leads to more successful companies and eventually more um, jobs and opportunities being created in these markets um, for, for, for people on the ground. At AOU, we believe in missions, not majors. This is why we are introducing a new program called the Bachelors of Entrepreneurial Leadership. It is a one-of-a-kind program equipping you to be consequential and ignite a ripple of change in the world. Are you looking to become the ultimate problem solver? An entrepreneur leader that makes all the difference in the community and the world? Join AOU and begin your entrepreneurial journey. To learn more about Bachelors of Entrepreneurial Leadership, visit our website www.aoueducation.com. Come lead a mission-led life. All right. So you are currently the head of international expansion at Yoko, a fintech startup based in Southern Africa. Um, how should African startups navigate expansion in different African markets? Yeah, so expansion is a really difficult topic. Uh, you know, we, 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 we often, it, 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 it's something that, that people always want to do, but when you start getting into the details, it's actually really, really tricky because, uh, yeah. you know, as a, as a starting point, um, Africa is a very complex and fragmented market um, with you know 54 different countries, thousands of languages, different regulations, and so just taking your company from A to B is is really really tricky. Um, but also you know con- some countries are similar, some countries are different, and so you need to be very thoughtful about um, about what countries you actually want to go into and and you, and you should go into. Um, the kind of m- m- mental framework that I've I've developed over time is is to basically think about uh, a couple of different things. So the first thing to think about is how how deep is your current market? Um, and what I mean by that is, are you starting in the market where you have a lot of opportunity to grow in your industry locally? Um, do, do you have a lot of, uh, is there a lot of untapped market potential um, locally um, or not? And and the answer to that question is is going to decide how fast you need to expand. Right. If you are selling, uh, if you are selling something in a very small market um, where you're going to max out the, the market potential very quickly, then you probably need to look at 
growing geographically much faster um, than if you're in a market that's that's huge in itself and, and gives you a lot of opportunity locally. The, right. the, other, the other important thing to think about is, are your customers benefiting from you being in different market, markets? And, and that's also going to define a lot in terms of how fast you want to um, or you should expand. If you are, if you look at, at, at some of the online payments companies on, on the continent, uh, you know, they, they serve global customers that want to work with one company and, and that gives them access to, you know, ideally all of Africa to do payments. Um, they have a massive incentive of expanding quickly because their customers want it. Whereas yeah. if, if you're serving, um, you know, the local market with a, with a, with a product, um, and, you know, it doesn't really make a difference to the customer if you're also selling the product in new markets, in other markets, then then your, your timeline to expand can be very different. And so I, I would really think about it along those lines, right? So how, how much room do I have to grow in my market before I need to expand? Um, how much are my customers benefiting from, from expansion? And that, that that's going to drive um, how fast you expand. Um, and then when you look at what markets to expand into, the most important thing should actually be how similar is the situation in the market to to the situation that I know in my market. Um, how similar is the customer need? How similar is the the, the problem I'm solving? Rather than um, geographic proximity. So you know right. you see a lot of companies that start in Nigeria, then go to Ghana, or start in Kenya, then go to Tanzania, um, and it might make sense, but it might also not make sense. Um, if the, the the problem you're solving for the customer isn't isn't the same, and so I always encourage companies to look not just at the markets that are close to them, um, but be much more open-minded about what are the markets where the customers face similar problems and issues, um, and focus on them rather than on on just the markets that are close by. All right. So given what you just said, um, looking at a service like maybe M-Pesa or even Jumia, what would you say has been maybe like one or two of the biggest challenges that they have experienced trying to expand? Because I've seen like M-Pesa trying to shift from Kenya to like maybe Lesotho or like Jumia, even, you know, moving to West African countries and Southern African countries. So what would you say has been like the biggest mistake in the expansion? Yeah, so I think in the in the in in the Mpesa case, or maybe just on a I think on a general note, the I think the challenges that companies like those face are one, um is there really a customer need for, for, for this product in the other market? And then the second thing is, 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 is the customer behavior in line with the product I'm trying to offer? And, you know, mm. if, you, if you think about M-Pesa, um, they tried to launch in South Africa quite a few times um, and, and, you know, have never been successful at doing so. And that's mostly because South Africa is a highly banked market. You know, you have... 70, 80% of the customers uh, in this market already have cards, um, already have bank accounts. And so yeah. a mobile money account doesn't really make their life much easier. Uh, and so you're, you're basically bringing a product to the market that the customers don't want and don't need. And, and you know, no marketing dollars in the world can, can, can really change anything about that. So, so the mistake they made is, is you know, just not th thinking about the customer and what their needs are. 
and just essentially offering the wrong product to the wrong customer. Um, in a case mm -hmm. in a case like Lumia, I think one of the things that that they really had to figure out um, very early on is how do you sell online in a market that is not used to selling online and in a market that's okay. even less used to paying online. And so what they had to do um, to be to be successful in, in, in their markets is introduce this whole idea of cash on delivery, which, you know, for, for an e-commerce uh, company in, in, in most markets is, is completely new and, and nobody really had to, to do this before. Um, yeah. But they had, you know, faced with a market and a, and a customer that's very uh, cash heavy, that's very skeptical, um, that mm -hmm. that's not used to, to uh, buying online yet. They really had to focus on, uh, you know, building that trust. And so they had to figure out this, this whole cash and delivery um, thing on their side. All right. Thank you for that insight. Uh, so last year, Paystack, an African fintech startup founded in Nigeria, was ac acquired by Stripe, Chippecash. Uh, Chippecash, another fintech startup uh, founded by Africans, received about 35 million USD in investment with Jeff Bezos, notably uh, among the investors. What has made the African startup scene more attractive to the rest of the world as opposed to maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, I think what I mentioned earlier is, 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 is really the key thing. I think su success is bringing more success and more attention to the, to the right. ecosystem. And so, you know, we've, we've had successful exits like, uh, Paystack now. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing lots of other companies growing and being successful and, and that's attracting more investors and more talent and more attention. And that in turn is, you know, making the companies more successful. So. What you what you see with 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 startup ecosystems is that they're not built in a in a year, right? I think we often think okay. that we can just do a hackathon and now we have a startup ecosystem. But the <laughs> the reality is that uh, these these startup ecosystems are built over time, and and you know it took Silicon Valley uh, 70, 80 years to get to where it is today. Um, so it we're not going to build uh, a similar startup ecosystem in Nigeria in, in six months. So what you, what you see is just, you know, these things take time to evolve. It takes pioneers. It takes people who, who built the first successful company, get the first successful exit, get more people in. Um, and, and, and then it really becomes this, this uh, accelerating, uh, uh, it gets this accelerating momentum of success. And, and, and that's really where we are today. So uh, you know, with, with standing on the shoulders of giants in the sense that a lot of the successes today are only possible because of a lot of the other companies and investors and founders that came beforehand and, and showed that, that this ecosystem is viable to, to begin with. Right. So what lessons can other startups and maybe agribusiness, health tech, edutech draw from the increasingly favored fintech space? I mean, nowadays, all we hear is fintech, 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 fintech. And, you know, a bit less about maybe education, um, healthcare, agriculture and what have you. So what would you say these other industries could take from fintech? Yeah, I think what what what. What, this, the, what successful fintech companies on the continent have done really well is build products that are not just copies of um, foreign companies, 
but build mm. products that are relevant for the and adjusted to the, the the local customer and the local population. And so essentially starting with a problem with a local problem. Exactly, starting with a with a yeah. local problem, but then bringing cutting okay. edge technology and 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 ways of of working and thinking to it. Um, yeah, I I think that's probably the the key thing. And then the other one is probably just the 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 speed and quality of execution that we're seeing from from some of these fintech companies is incredible, right? We're we're, start, we're seeing companies that build really really interesting businesses in, in two three years with a really really high quality bar, um, and so you know having 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 that that super quick and, and iterative way of working um, that yeah. that hustle to build um, build and scale quickly um, but do so with a really high quality standard I think that's definitely something that other companies can learn um, from from the fintech space as well all right so what would you say are some of the key opportunities or industries in Africa that are most likely to create quality and multiple job opportunities in the next five years? It's probably probably any uh, industry, um, but I, I, I think I think the the spaces that have the biggest potential to um, to create jobs are uh, you know definitely financial services, um, especially mm-hmm. because of the the second and third order effects that that they have for job creation. Um, education is a really important one um, for similar reasons. Um, health mm-hmm. is a really important one. Um, energy is a really important one. Uh, and then I think uh, logistics and transport is also uh, a, a, a really important one. And then the, the last one, which I'm personally very passionate about, is just anything that has to do with small businesses. Um, because right. if you think about how most economies are put together, is you know, 70, 80% of employment um, in, in most countries on the continent comes from SMEs. And so anything that makes it easier to uh, start, run, grow small businesses um, also has a disproportionately big effect on unemployment and, and economic growth. So, so that's definitely an area I would, I would also recommend people to look into if they're looking to, to start something that's meaningful and, and important in, in terms of job creation. All right. And what would you say or what advice would you give to people who are looking up into being the next Marcello um, in their in their respective industries? What would you what, what advice would you give them trying to get into what you do? Um, the first thing the first thing I would say is don't, don't, don't try and get into what I do, because I never tried to get into what I do. It just kind of happened <laughs> happened from there, um, but yeah. I think I think the most important thing is is kind of being open, being curious, and 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 having your own internal um, compass of of what is it that you're passionate about, and and and, mm-hmm. and following that, um, because I think we we do our best work when we work on things that we're passionate about, when we're solving yeah. problems that we think matter. Um, and, and, you know, I think any, any, any form of potential success kind of comes from there. So the most important thing I would really tell people is, is, is find that, that topic or area or, or industry or type of problem that, that gets you passionate, that gets you up in the morning. 
um, and then make sure that you that you follow that and, and don't compromise on 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 following that 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 thread or or, or that 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 thing that makes you makes you burn because um, that's going to be where you do your best work and that's going to be where you're going to be the most uh, impactful and, and and successful. Mm, all right. Thank you so much for that. And I think that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Um, Thank you. It's It's been super insightful, especially that uh, Jumia and Pessa example that, that <clears throat> you expounded on earlier. I think... I think it would be great to see how people are able to apply these concepts in the future as well. So, yeah, thank you so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for having me. And, and it's been a pleasure chatting. Thank you. All right, then. Great. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Today we had Marshall Oshirma, whose mission is to build Africa's startup ecosystem. What is your mission and what are you doing to achieve it? At AOU, we believe in supporting young leaders as they declare their mission and embark on their journey to achieve it. If you already have a mission or feel like you're ready to declare your mission, then AOU is a place for you. Visit our website, www.aoueducation.com to apply to AOU. Remember, you can tune into our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. This is the AOU podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa, Real Stories, Real Experiences. Mm-hmm.